did you know that you can leave a voicemail for the podcast? Well, today we're answering some of your questions that you sent in. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. I want to thank My PA Resource and PA School Prep for sponsoring the Pre-PA Club podcast. So My PA Resource is a personal statement editing service that edits only PA school essays, only edited by PAs, and most of us have admissions experience. So I am one of the editors. Definitely check them out if you need help with your content, grammar, flow, making sure that you are on track for turning in your application. And you can use the code FUTUREPA for a discount on any of their service options. PA School Prep is an online course that focuses on the anatomy, physiology, and med terms that you'll need for PA school to make sure you feel confident going into that first semester and that you are able to handle what PA school throws at you. So check that out at paschoolprep.com and also use the code FUTUREPA for a discount there. Hey guys, welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. Thank you for joining me. I hope everyone has had a great week so far. Um, This has been kind of a monumental couple of weeks for medicine and science with the approvals of the COVID-19 vaccines, which is so cool to just see happening in true time. So, That's awesome. Um, I hope that's something you're following along with. But um, we have had so many great emails about acceptances this week, which is so exciting. So if you are still in that waiting process, either waiting to hear back on interviews or wait list, just know that there are still interview invites going out. Um, I think schools are even doing more interviews in December this year because they're doing virtual and they can. Um, And if you missed a couple weeks ago, we did a talk on virtual interviews. That may be helpful. But um, then I think there will still be plenty of interviews happening in January and February. And who knows, even March. So you still have time. And we just posted, I posted yesterday on Instagram, um, which is at the PA platform, about what to do if you're in a waitlist situation, if you're in a situation where you haven't heard back from a school yet. Um, And so those may be some things you want to kind of look at. And we're about to talk about that a little bit more in our Q&A. So if you did not know, you can leave a message for the podcast. Um, It is very simple. You just use your phone or your computer. um, But all you go to is speakpipe.com slash the PA platform. Um, And there is a link to that in the description as well. And so if you enjoy this episode and you have questions that you'd like to have answered, go ahead and leave us a message. And then once we get some questions, we'll do another episode like this. Um, I'm Savannah, by the way, Derm PA, pre-PA coach, um, and the creator of the PA platform, which is a website and blog that helps pre-PA students and PA students and PAs, just kind of a community to bring us all together and help everybody out. Um, Before we jump into our questions, I did want to mention that the Pre-PA Conference 2.0 is coming up on January 2nd. So if you go to prepaconference.com, you can sign up for that. Um, It's only $15, and if you use the code FUTUREPA, it makes it only $10. 
Um, and so it's a really great all-day event from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, you do not have to be present the entire time. Replays will be available to anyone who is signed up ahead of time. And so everything will be recorded. There's a chat feature. If you were at our first conference, the chat part was really, really fun. Um, but this conference will be a little different in our focus. So the last one we focused really on the application cycle and what you need to do to be successful when applying. But with this one, we're taking it a step back. We're talking more about how you become a competitive applicant. So if you're applying coming up in April, I still think it would be helpful for you, but I think this would be most helpful if you maybe are applying even in a year or two and are trying to figure out what you need to do because I know this process is so confusing. So our topics, we're going to have a PA student panel again, a practicing PA panel. Um, there are going to be different PAs than the first time. And then we um, have a one-on-one -on -one with someone who works in PA admissions. And he actually, it's Paul Gonzalez. Um, he actually works with a school that is very holistic in how they look at applicants and is working very hard to make sure that they are accepting a diverse class and figuring out the barriers and why sometimes that's a struggle for PA programs. So I'm really excited to get his insights and just hear directly from him. Um, and I think that'll be extremely helpful. Our other sub subjects are going to be finances. Um, if you heard Kristen Burton on here a while back from Strive with Kristen, she is a financial expert and a PA. And so she's going to be talking to us about what to expect with finances, with applying to PA school, how to pay and afford things throughout undergrad and PA school, what that looks like with loans, what the options are, um, just so it doesn't come as a surprise. And she has really great practical advice. We're going to be talking about pre-PA experience. So patient care, health care, shadowing, volunteering, leadership, research. How do you get those things and what is important? What looks good? Um, what are schools looking for? How do you find out? We're going to be talking about undergrad and prereq success. So picking prereqs, choosing a major, scheduling everything out, how to study and be effective um, moving into your going into PA school so that you're kind of ready for it. Um, and then we'll also be talking about standardized tests because that's been a huge thing with PA schools and why they are important, why schools still, still use them, um, what you need to know about them and preparation for them, when you should take it. We're going to go really deep dive into everything having to do with standardized tests, which will be awesome. Um, and then we also have, oh gosh, what's the last one? There's so many sessions. So it's all day long. Um, oh, and then we will do an overview of CASPA. So um, we're not going to like go completely through like the whole application because that would probably take all day. Um, but we're going to go over things that you can be doing to prepare now um, and things you need to know about applying so that you are ready whenever that time comes. You don't really want to wait till you're, you know, clicking submit to be looking at it for the first time and really um, trying to figure things out. So we're going to help you navigate that. Anyway, lots of great topics, um, but I'm very excited about it. It's really fun. I like getting to just hang out for the whole day with y'all. I remember last time in the chat, just, 
you know, picking out some names. And now I talk to a lot of those people on Instagram a lot. So it's really fun. All right, let's get to our first question. Hi, I wanted to thank you so much for uh, taking the time to put this podcast together. I've been listening for the last two weeks now. Um, my name is Abdul Miro, and my question is, I'm what they call a non-traditional student. I've been out of school for the last 12 years, 13 years. Um, and since, I've been a practicing sonographer, doing everything from general to vascular ultrasounds at both outpatient and hospital. Um, my question specifically goes to people who have been practicing in healthcare, direct patient care. Would, do they have to do shadowing? Do you feel that that makes their application stronger? Or do you feel like explaining and going into depth as to the various roles and the specific patient care interactions that you have done within your career is sufficient to demonstrate um, that skill level that applicants um, or schools are looking for? Thank you. Okay, this is a great question and one that we get a lot. Basically, do I need to shadow if I work with PAs or see them on a daily basis or interact with them? Um, so first of all, being a sonographer is great experience for PA school. That is such a great skill to have prior to going to PA school and definitely will make you stand out. So that's awesome. Um so here's the thing with shadowing. The point of shadowing is to show that you have a full understanding of the PA profession and that you have a good handle on what PAs do, what the job entails, the roles and responsibilities. So by working with PAs or being around them or interacting with them, you will get some of that for sure. You're gonna see PAs in action, you're going to see how they're working with their patients, interacting with different people of the healthcare team, including you. Um, but with that, you depending on what area you're working in, what specialty, what setting, that might give you somewhat of a narrow view of the role of a PA. Um, PAs are very interesting in that even though we all have the same title, our jobs look so different depending on experience level and um, relationship with our supervising physician and setting and specialty. So that's part of why shadowing is important and helpful. So if there's a couple things here, if shadowing is a specific requirement for a program, you 100% need those separate hours. It might be possible if you are close with some of the PAs that you work with that you may be able to say, hey, we work together all day. Would I be able to subtract 100 of my patient care hours and use those as shadowing hours with you? You cannot double dip hours. You can't count, like let's say you have 1,000 work hours and you work with a PA, you can't say that then you have 1,000 shadowing hours. Hours in general cannot be used for multiple categories. You gotta pick one. Um, but you may be able to pull that out so that you're not double dipping. Um, and then 
with that, let's say that you have those hours, that's great, but I would also look for more experience in different settings. So if you're in a hospital setting, look for something more outpatient or even surgical. Um, if you're in a specialty, look for a different specialty. Definitely try to get some primary care experience as well, if possible. I mean, really take whatever you can get, and hopefully if you're working with PAs, they might be able to point you in the right direction of other people you could shadow. Um, so yeah, so great that you have that experience and that work experience, and yes, include it in your personal statement, um, but I would say also look for those other shadowing opportunities as well, just to make your application overall more well-rounded. Hi, this is Annie. Uh, first of all, just want to say thanks for putting out so much useful content all the time. I really appreciate the podcast, the blog, um, all you guys are doing, especially like during COVID, all the virtual uh, stuff. So really appreciate that. Um, I know you've discussed a lot about COVID and how that's affecting applications and school requirements during this time. Um, my question is like, how should we go about still obtaining patient care experience or shadowing hours uh, during this time. Um, I live in Michigan and a lot of clinics and hospitals are still mostly doing virtual appointments and limited in-person interactions. So I was wondering if it would be too much of a burden to reach out to PAs and ask about shadowing. Should I just wait and see until things are more settled? Um, I'm just a little worried about losing time and not being able to get my hours in. Uh, thank you. Yeah, COVID has thrown everything for a loop, unfortunately. Um, in the whole world, but especially in the PA school application process. So I, I feel your pain. I am not, I just don't know how you guys are handling even all this online school stuff. Um, but hang in there. Hopefully we'll be somewhat more back to normal, um, soon ish. So anyway, um, so to the, for the question of how to get hours, how to get experience right now when things are so weird and still kind of shut down. Um, if you, I actually have an Instagram highlight on this as well. If you go to Instagram, it's like those little circles at the top. Um, I think it's the second one, but that might be helpful too. Um, and that's just at the PA platform on Instagram. But for this topic, um, there's a couple of things. I, I know it feels like you're losing time trying to get those hours. Um, but just know that everyone feels like that right now. And, um, the opportunities I would say are less, but they are still out there. And this has come up a lot in the pre-PA club on Facebook. Um, and there are people still finding opportunities, even if they're a little bit different than what they were previously. Um, let's talk virtual things first. Look for virtual opportunities. Whether or not a school accept those is going to vary. So that can be virtual shadowing, virtual volunteering, um, or even patient care or healthcare. I've seen some people doing virtual scribing. Um, so, you know, Google, see what you can find, give it a shot. If it's not for you, doesn't work out, didn't lose anything because you didn't have anything else to do anyway. Um, and so look for some opportunities in that way. Um, and just know again that schools may or may not accept that. When looking for in-person opportunities, let's talk shadowing first. Um, I know you mentioned being a burden to the PA. If a PA cannot take you on, whether it's because their schedule is too crazy or COVID or they don't have um, 
PPE or they feel like it's not safe for you, they're going to tell you. Um, or the worst thing that's going to happen is they just say no. Like it can be, I know, intimidating to ask PAs if you can shadow or talk to them. Um, and, and that I get that, but just, you have to do it. So just ask and see what happens. Um, and with that right now, since a lot of places aren't allowing in-person shadowing, even if you can start talking to PAs and start building a relationship, that might be helpful for when things do open back up. Um, like things, um, like, um, take them to coffee or, sorry, my mom texted me and distracted me, but taking PAs to coffee or talking to them on the phone or seeing if they'll, you know, video chat with you. Um, also use what's out there on our YouTube channel. We have some virtual shadowing. Um, we have tons of webinars and things that will help you with just understanding the PA profession more, um, as well as give you ideas for how to search for opportunities and jobs. Um, so yeah, so consider just talking to people and then when it comes to actually finding patient care experiences, set a schedule to regularly be checking for this. So, um, I think one thing that's happening with COVID is jobs are starting to open up, but there are a lot of people looking for jobs, but there are also people who have been out of work who are maybe not planning on going back now, um, or not, are planning to not go back into healthcare. So whether it's once a week or every other week or something, have a time where you're sitting down and doing a search for an hour or calling places to see if you can find any opportunities. Um, use the job boards, um, call offices of places you may be interested in and, you know, volunteer to, you know, say, can I send my resume? I would really be interested if you had a medical assistant position at any point or whatever. Um, always ask to speak with the office manager. That will get you further. Um, COVID testing. There's a lot of need for that. So you've got to consider what field you're willing to work in. Um, but I think at this point, if you're interested in going into medicine, and you've seen this pandemic, it's just this could definitely happen again in the future. So um, it, it would be maybe even helpful to kind of be on the front lines of that. Um, so those are all things to consider and kind of look into, um, but just make it a regular thing where you're continuing to check. The other thing I would do right now, if you do feel like you are in a place where you can't get your experiences, um, work on everything else. So whether that's taking an extra class if you can handle it, doing a class online um, to get it out of the way so then you'll have more time when you are able to get experience to get more hours, um, working on your personal statement, working on your experience details, anything that will free you up for later on, taking any standardized tests you need to take, see what you can do now um, so that you have more free time to work when things are more normal. Sorry, I hope that helps. Hey, thanks for taking questions. I have a quick one. I applied to three PA schools this cycle. That's about as many as I can apply to because 39 years old, my husband's well-established in his career where we live. My kids are well-established in the schools where they go. And I love my community and want to be a PA here, be able to serve this community. So I applied this cycle. Um, I had a 
five science GPA, according to CASPA, and a 3.76 overall GPA, according to CASPA. I had close to 2,000 patient care hours and a couple of healthcare experience hours, a couple hundred healthcare experience hours, and over 3,000 hours of volunteering in my local community. I had just received a flat out rejection from the school that I applied to. And so I reached out to them to see what I could do over the next year to um, better myself and make me a more competitive applicant next cycle. And they recommended retaking a prerequisite class that they require for their program, which was statistics. In my stats class over 20 years ago, I got a B minus. I'm just wondering, even if I were to to get an A with the way that CASPA figures the grades and grade point averages out, do you think it would make sense to retake that class? Thanks. Okay, thank you for all of the details about your situation. Um, I think that's very helpful to have to answer your question. But um, number one, your stats are great. So you, I mean, great GPAs, good amount of hours. I don't know what what your hours are in. Um, and I mean, sounds like you have a lot of volunteering. Um, and so I'm sorry to hear about the rejection, but you did the perfect thing in reaching out and asking for advice on what you can do better. Um, if a school is willing to give you advice and that's a school that you're interested in and you might want to attend, I would recommend doing whatever it is they ask of you. So in this case, that would mean retaking stats because that's what they asked. Um, and so I think there's a couple reasons they probably did that um, or asked you about that. Um, so schools do like to see a B or higher typically in their prerequisites. And I don't know if it was a requirement that they have a B or better for that program or not. Um, if it was, that would have gotten your application immediately rejected um, and not even looked at. So I would re recommend retaking that for a couple reasons um, to get that B or higher and also to update it. So schools want to see recent work and recent coursework. And I would assume you probably did have to take some prerequisites at some point um, since then. But if there are other courses that are older, you may want to look at retaking some of those um, just depending on how you did with hearing back from the other programs. Um, how this would affect your grades. Your grades are great. Um, I don't think it would make them go up too much. There is a GPA calculator that um, is free online that I like to use that will kind of, you can plug in how many hours you have and how many you're planning on taking and what your grades would be to see how it would affect it. It would possibly make your overall go up slightly. It's not going to affect science because stats doesn't count as science. Um, but I just wouldn't even worry about that. Like, your GPAs are fine. As long as you do well, there's no issue. Um, so I think definitely if they told you to retake it, retake it. Um, because with your stats, I would expect that you probably should have gotten interviews if you met the requirements of the school and had um, a strong personal statement. So, yeah. And then you may have applied, but Yale Online might be a really great option for you because um, based on kind of how you described your goals, that's exactly what they're looking for. If I want to become a PA, what should I major in? 
I have heard from various sources that I can major in anything and still go to PA program and become a PA as long as I complete the prerequisites for PA. But how would I know what the prerequisites are if my university does not provide a pre-PA program like um, medical students are taking like a pre-med program? Okay, this is a great question that has been coming up a lot lately. Um, Let's start with choosing a major. So for choosing a major, you are correct. You can choose whatever it is that you're interested in. And as long as you have the prereqs for the programs that you're applying to, you are good to go. My class in PA school, we had so many different majors. I was kind of your boring biology major, but we had accounting, math, finance, history, just all kinds of stuff, dietetics. So you can choose a major that you are interested in because that will ensure that you actually do better in it um, and are more successful and you enjoy it more versus possibly having to choose something that you're doing just to fulfill the requirements. All right, now for the second part of the question of knowing prereqs. This is where it gets tough. So the difference in PA school and med school is that the requirements for PA schools are really not standardized at all. There are some things you're going to see commonly, like biology, chemistry, you know, some of the classes overlap, but it can get very different once you start looking at a bunch of programs. Because you'll have some programs who require organic chemistry and biochemistry, or some will say and or, or some just want one very specifically. Some schools will say statistics or biostatistics. Some only want regular stats. Some only want biostats. And schools tend to hold pretty strongly to these requirements. That's part of their accreditation process with the ARC-PA is that they have to accept students based on the requirements they've set in place to maintain their accreditation. So that's why you're not really going to see programs making exceptions very much um, for you unless it is something, a course, that actually fits what they're looking for. So my advice to you would be first start looking at some programs. Um, If you go to the PA platform, if you type in just on Google the PA platform program map, we have a map of all of the programs in the United States. Um, So that's I mean, most people look at location primarily, and so that may give you a, an idea of some schools to start looking at and just go through their requirements, see what prereqs they require. Um, it may be sometimes that you decide not to apply to a program based on their prereq requirements. So if a school requires organic chemistry and you don't want to take that, then that might knock some schools off your list. Um, On the flip side, one thing to consider is the more specific and the more just in general requirements that a school has, the less qualified applicants you're going to be up against, if that makes any sense. So if a school has, let's just say, 20 things you got to check off and another school has 10, that school of 10 is probably going to get more qualified applicants whereas the school with more requirements will get less. So that's more of a strategy thing to kind of keep in mind during your application process. But 
just look at all of them and then go back to your school's course catalog and list of majors and figure out what's going to work best to get you what you need for the programs you're interested in. So it's kind of a personalized thing. That's why there really isn't a great, I would say, standardized pre-PA program at most schools. Um, I so hope that all of y'all have great advisors, but if not, that's kind of why I'm here. But yeah, so I hope that helps to give you some direction. And that is all of our questions for today. So I hope that was helpful. Um, and if you have questions, submit them and we'll do another episode like this. I like getting to know what you guys need to hear more about. Um, and so that link will be in the description and I hope to see you all at the pre-PA conference on January 2nd. You can go to prepaconference.com to sign up for that and be on the lookout. We're doing some giveaways on Instagram. Our speakers are doing some giveaways um for some spots for that and it will be it'll be great so all right i will see you guys next week for an interview and it will be on christmas day um not to date this episode or anything um but we'll be hearing from ariel she is a single mom in pa school in texas um and she has a really cool story from actually being in podiatry school to then now being in pa school so look forward to that and i will see you guys next week bye